You see, I'm the kind of, uh, the kind of friend who if I use your restroom, not only am I not going to say anything about the poop stains, I'm going to power wash them <laughs> off for you when I use your restroom. It's just the kind of guy I am. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with the man who can hear, see, taste, and smell carbon monoxide. <laughs> How you doing? Pretty good. Now he doesn't know to say I'm Javier, but I will say that for him. <laughs> he is Javier Sandoval. And no, I am not editing this out. Uh, I already edited it myself saying some dumber things than the intro. Oh, of course, my wife has to be calling me. Give me a sec. It is her. Look at that. How did you know we were recording a podcast? You know, that actually will work out for us to transition to the topic. Because today we finish a series titled Bite Sized with an episode titled Divorce. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 19, verse 5 through 6. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so they no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together no person should separate the gospel of the lord praise you lord jesus christ delicious so let's get this podcast on the road now here's the uh the thing about this episode is i had no idea we we're going to be talking about the divorce <laughs> It just just happened to happen to uh, happen to come up. You know, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting thing how uh, how we we are uh, very much inside with a lot of really I don't know if to even say this, but quote unquote Catholic individuals, and a lot of these individuals who got married are now divorced, and I can't explain the phenomenon. Yeah, it's 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 actually really sad. Um, personally, I was in two of those weddings, at least in my, with my friends uh, that uh, are now divorced. One I was the best man in, and the other one I was just a groomsman. And, um, and I know of much more, many more couples that have, who are going through divorce or have been divorced. Um, it's, it's a really sad phenomenon that's going on. Um, and it's something that's not only plaguing within Catholic couples, but um, you know, secular couples, obviously. Mm -hmm. You just never think it's going to happen within a Catholic marriage uh, because of of having God in the mid middle of that of that relationship and the sacrament sacramental graces that are there. But obviously, um, this is, these are the times, uh, and, and there's a lot of factors uh, that have contributed to uh, to divorce. I think. Dang. Yeah. What do you think those are? I, I think for, for sure um, the sexual revolution, uh, this you know, sense of pr uh, promiscuity, uh, pornography uh, that has plagued 
a lot of marriages, uh, I think that definitely is a huge factor. Pornography, which also leads to infidelity, not mm. only infidelity within, you know, the mind of a man or actually his actions of looking at porn and fantasizing about other women, which are actually very sinful and just as bad as, as, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, that he who looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery in his heart. Mm. Right? So, but, but obviously the actual physical act uh, it's interesting because even in secular couples, you hear women saying, well, I don't care if my husband looks at porn. He's not cheating on me. Heck, I don't even care if he goes to a strip club and gets a lap dance. He's not cheating on me. That is so weird. It, it, it's weird. It really so is. Yeah. They get a pass from that. but And then they wonder why their husband winds up cheating on them. Uh, mm-hmm. The porn thing, you know, from a logical perspective, can make a little more sense but the, a, a woman actually dancing on your husband is actually a woman dancing on your husband, regardless Period. of whether she's being paid or not. Uh, you know, it's, it's another woman and it's real. It's not just like something he's looking at on his phone or his computer or whatever, his TV. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the porn thing is definitely has been a, a factor. I think also the the feminist movement i think has has led to that and mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is that women are tired women are tired of the of the of the nonsense uh a lot of women are tired of it uh and, and sometimes they might not necessarily have to be tired of the men cheating on them or looking at porn or strip clubs whatever it could just be you know, uh, where it used to be a man saying you know what i i want something else i want you're not satisfying anymore now it's a woman saying, you're not satisfying me anymore. I mm-hmm. need to find someone to satisfy me. And we both know that as couples get older, the one that's going to have the trouble with doing the satisfying, where it actually where most of the burden lies on, is on the man. Because mm-hmm. even in the sexual act, the way that God created it, the man is the one who initiates. He's the one that basically kind of leads the sexual act. It kind of depends on him whether they have sex or not because of, of uh, obviously, because of an erection, right? Um, so that, all these different things, you know, women, you know, having this sense of, like, I want somebody to satisfy me, um, and they equivocate love with the sexual act um, that if you can't satisfy me, uh, it's all about me because, you know, love is selfish, right? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> then I should go and look for somebody else that can satisfy me, right? Uh, and, and it's really unfortunate. So I think, I really do think, I mean, I'm sure there's more factors. Obviously, you know, in, in secular couples, you'll hear and you'll read different journals uh, that talk about this uh, that say that the number one reason for divorce is financial reasons. And I can see that, especially... Still, still yeah, it's been, it's been it's that been. way. Yeah. Especially living in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And obviously, I don't have to, you know, speak on this. Any of you, those of you who live here in, in, in Southern California or anywhere in California, some parts of California, it's more reasonable. Yeah, but, and, and other metropolitan yeah. areas, right? Like, you have people in New York who are probably worse off than us. Totally. Totally. But but the financial strains on a couple, and I, again, I'm no expert uh, you you could speak on this more than, than I can because you're a married man living here in Southern California with three kids trying to make it work. And, you know, and you are making it work. But if you weren't, the strains of that on your relationship on top of everything else um, 
can definitely lead to divorce. Dang, that's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy stuff. And by the way, it's only going to get worse, so if we have little little ears listening, you may want to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Put on your headphones or something, because uh, this conversation is uh, it's a mature one, <clears throat> to say the least. Um, hopefully you read the notes before listening to the podcast. But yeah, so that was a fair heads up, right? <laughs> totally. I agree, yeah. So yeah, that's it's. Oh man, I don't even know what direction to take it. Just because you've opened up a whole big can of worms, and there's so many, so many things that, that we can go off on. Um, but the uh, you, we were talking about that earlier, in, in a in a different way, how how people like uh, like Ramon, for example, right? He wears a uniform. Um, they have it very easy as far as uh, as far as getting single women and some married women, I suppose, you know, who like men in uniform, and it's very and I'm just speaking to him and he's mentioned this in the podcast they have a very high divorce rate in his profession yep and one of the, one of those things is that you know we're lacking so much nowadays you know i think i think people thought that the uh, sexual revolution that um you know feminism being so mainstream was actually going to bring bliss into people's lives that it was going to lead to uh to women being free and being um more respected in a way, um, and I think it's had the opposite effect, because what happens is that the people that are that are reaching out with help for pornography addiction, 40% are women. The people who cheat in marriages, 40% are women. Holy, wow! Yeah, so it's uh, tables have turned. Yeah, it was, it was feminism, obviously. Yeah, Again, yeah that's that, what I was is that feminism. the equality that we want? Yeah. You know what happens when when hurt people. Are heard um, and they are respect. I mean, I don't want to say don't respect people that are hurt. I mean, don't 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 get me wrong. I feel I feel like the flaws in my and the way I'm communicating this are coming out right away. But um, but what happens when we respond to hurt without filtering it through, let's say, Christianity? Because heck, the Dude Catholic Podcast, we get to talk like this, right? When we don't filter that, when we don't, I don't want to say sanitize it, but when we don't temper the hurt with the eyes of, of the gospel, things are going to get messy. Yeah, very much. And I think that's one of the things that's hurting people the most. And, that, you know, I, I oftentimes say, we don't research anything, but, you know, like this, this is actually coming from, like, the Pew Research Center. If you just binge the Pew Research Center, if you just go on that website, you'll find so many stats about stuff that's, you know, politically correct, politically incorrect. You, you just find facts. And that's, yeah. a, that's a great thing about that website. And... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully it keeps going on that pattern because there's so much stuff out there that's negating the truth for the sake of pushing a certain narrative. But when it comes to when it comes to our marriages, I think it's worth spending some time looking at the reasons why people are leaving their marriages and and maybe maybe kind of look at our own relationships and see where we're starting to to go astray. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I I, I not to be biased, but and, and to kind of lead, you know, put the, the, the burden more on, on women than men. But, you know, I was just thinking about that as you're talking about the, the different percentages, et cetera, how women are, it's growing. And, you know, it's interesting because if a woman wants to cheat, it's a lot easier for her to cheat. It really is. Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier. And obviously that, because this is the way God created man, man is always ready and willing, <laughs> um, you know, to be the initiator 
and to indulge in sexual activity. Uh, not to say that man is like an animal, but but as we talked we're about later, to it. Yeah, we're closer <laughs> to it. How man, you know, how God created woman to, to, you know, in a relationship to regulate man's sexual appetite, you know, because man, sometimes his sexual appetite could be animalistic. Um, and, and women, obviously, not so much, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to that, like everything else. But if a woman wants to cheat, it's a lot easier for her to find somebody to cheat right then a man uh you know he could cheat in other ways again we talked about strip club whatever but mm -hmm. or even prostitution right depends on where you are and etc with that but but prostitution regardless whether it's illegal or legal that it's it's always available um to a man if he's really seeking it out and so yeah anyways yeah but even there you know they have to have money exactly you have to be willing to to, to drop some money there but but yeah, no, it's 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 really sad how how our society has has uh, coined uh, marriage and has uh, as a contract and uh, opposed to again something deeper, a covenant that it's life bi binding for life, and and that's why it's so easy for people to just leave, you know, even when they have this legal contract, it's easy for them to leave. But but even then now. The contract has no teeth anymore. It has no teeth. And, and we talked about that, how back in the days, uh, there used to be more consequences, legally speaking, for people who would cheat on their uh, husbands or on their wives. And different states have now eliminated that. Uh, back in the days, you couldn't get a divorce unless both parties agreed to that. Obviously, now that has been eliminated in most mm -hmm. states. So there are all these things that have made it very accessible to get a divorce. Um, now, and also nowadays, most people are not necessarily getting married. You know, I looked at the divorce rate right now and it was about 50% and I thought it would be higher, but as we discussed, it's not higher because of the fact that less people are getting married mm -hmm. <laughs> and what are they doing? Well, they're just cohabitating, right? As the old saying says, why buy the cow if you get the milk for free? <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, let's just be honest. Right? So, um, it's really sad, but it's true. And because less people are getting married, then those that those numbers are not going to reflect in that divorce rate. So, yeah, the only thing that I can think about is like the two thousand five year old, uh, two thousand five year old study. No, the the study from like two thousand five, I think, somewhere between the, the the middle of the of that decade and and the end, where they did the whole the whole cohabitation study, where they found out that like what is it, 85% of the people that cohabitated who ended up getting married got a divorce. Yep. So it doesn't it's, work. Yeah, it doesn't work. That like test it driving doesn't work. Does it, not never, work. it never worked. You know, why? Because work. women are not things. Yep. You know, we don't. And once we start focusing on the culture of use, you know, when we start using other people, when they become means to an end rather than an end to themselves, very John Paul II-like argument, um, that's when that's when relationships break down that's when marriage breaks down that's when everything breaks down you know even as a business model it doesn't work if you're just setting out to use your customers yeah totally you know when you're not the one that's providing a service when you're not the one that's sacrificing that's giving of yourself so that the beloved might live if we are to define love or at least that romantic love that the way that christians should um if we're not doing that then then what are we doing yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But we're definitely, uh, even within Catholic couples, I've noticed that uh, rushing to marriage and uh, rushing to marriage is not the best, the best 
the best thing to do. And I know a lot of times that rushing to marriage is motivated by the fact that you want to take your intimacy to the next level. And that's perfectly fine, as John Paul II describes it in his Theology of the Body, that, you know, our bodies build up to this climax of giving of ourselves and in this total self-gift of the sexual act. But we shouldn't just marry, uh, you know, our significant other because we want to have sex with them. Yes, that, that, is, that is a great uh, thing that comes with the sacrament, a wonderful thing that comes with the sacrament, this, this, this means of being able to, to express this way to each other uh, through your bodies, through your sexuality. But that shouldn't be the cause or the driving force towards marriage. Uh, because if it is, then it, again, it's still pleasure seeking. And, and when that's the case, most of those relationships will wind up getting in a divorce or very close to that situation. Because once the sexuality kind of you know, dials down, you know, the, the sexual intimacy kind of dials down, then there's nothing else left between the couple other than maybe children now, which makes things even worse now because you have brought children into the situation and you're now bored of each other. You are now going to find somebody else to satisfy your sexual needs and hence now begins infidelity, all these other things. And, and who it, suffers the most? Right? The Who kids. suffers the most there? The kids. kids. And the kids have become irrelevant yeah. in our culture. Totally. I mean, when you have pets at the same level as kids in the eyes of society, th there's a big problem. Yeah, that, that, that is a huge problem. My, my cousin um, got married, uh, quote unquote, with his uh, significant other. And they didn't get married. I remember he asked me to be, the, uh, be a, um, a groomsman. And he actually actually asked me to marry them. And I said, well, I'm not a priest. I'm not anything. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I don't have those those powers. <laughs> They've never been delegated to me in either legally or spiritually. And anyways, he got married to his. But but I later on, I didn't realize he didn't get married. He just literally had this woman perform a ceremony. They had a reception. Everybody thought they were married. I didn't know they weren't really legally married until a year ago when they winded up separating. And I asked them, like, oh, did you take it to court yet? Did you, you know, did you guys, you know, fix it in court already, settle it in court? Well, we don't have to go to court, he told me. You know why, Javier? Because we weren't married. What? You weren't married? <laughs> what, you weren't married? He's like, no. He's like, she wanted to get married, so I did this ceremony for her. And we made promises, but that's it. He's like, I figured that would satisfy her. And also, I was happy because now Ooh. I'm not legally bound to her. I don't have to worry about my finances or the mess of a divorce and all that. And obviously, he was right because that's what marriage does. Not only legally, but as a Catholic, it binds you spiritually, as we read in Matthew chapter 19. This is why even Jesus said, look, in the Old Testament, Moses permitted divorce but I say to you whoever marries another woman or marries another man has committed the sin of adultery hard teaching very hard teaching yeah you know and I'm thinking uh, right away the, my mind goes to certain places and aren't you like legally bound to someone that you've been cohabitating with for a certain period of time yes yeah and and California now has laws I think after a certain period of time and other states have done likewise uh, that you are now legally bound to those people uh, 
And they did this because people were doing this. Uh, they were living together. They were cohabitating. They the think loophole. The loophole. They <laughs> thought they would get, get away with it, especially if they started owning property or had mm. children, all these things, and yes. they could just walk away. It was, it was even better than a prenup. Yep. Because at least a prenup, you're married legally, but, you mm-hmm. know, you have this understanding, you know, that whatever you had before you got married uh, belongs to you. Uh, and you don't have to, you know, split that up in, you know, down the middle. Yep. So these people were like, heck, I won't get married then. But so the state's like, wait a minute, um, this is not good because one mm. of the parties is going to come out losing. Yep. And usually that's the woman. The, yeah. So let's go ahead and create this law and protect the woman, which I understand that. And I by proxy that. the children that come out of that relationship, because let's face it, if you're living together, you're doing stuff that could result yeah. and a lot of times results in children. Yeah, totally. And the purpose of marriage is to protect the children in the first place. And so when you're having children outside of marriage, you still have an obligation to them as a parent of those children. So there's a whole big mess. You know, what about the what about the kids? You know, even if they're teenagers, even if they're adults, it hurts. It damages them. It, it, for a very long time, I, I know my parents got divorced when I was in my early 20s. And I, to this day, I tell my students that uh, when that happened, there was something inside of me that just hurt. Um, I wasn't crying, of course, I was older, but um, it still it still hurt me. Um, and it's interesting that I was older. I was a grown man uh, still being affected by this decision. Uh, that was heartbreaking, even though I knew it was the right thing for them to do because of the fact that their marriage was very toxic. Um, I don't think that the church is helping any much either. I think the church has definitely failed on this. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, for various reasons and uh, in, in the requirements for marriage and also uh, in the, so far as uh, handing out uh, annulments like candy, yeah. uh, which only encourages uh, couples to say, you know what? Um, I'm going to go ahead and just get divorced and get an annulment and find somebody else rather than the church sticking to their guns and saying, no, you know, this is the teaching that Christ wanted. This is the teaching the church has practiced it for, for many years. Uh, I mean, you go back to Henry VIII, uh, you know, I mean, the, the Church of England would have still part, been part of the, the Catholic Church if they would have just simply bent it on this rule of an annulment. If the Pope would have just given Henry VIII an annulment, then, they would, then England would still be Catholic. Man, you know? I wish I remembered the story because there's something, there's something that, that happened, politically speaking, in yeah. the Church um, with the Popes and a lot of the corruption that you, that you read about in some fun books. Um, where one of the things that was asked was that they wouldn't grant an annulment to Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. They, it wasn't it, it wasn't stated specifically like that. It was to to someone's cousin, and that happened to be the cousin that was married to Henry VIII. So it's just it's a fun it's a fun situation, and we're we're going a little bit long, and I don't want to end it just on a pessimistic note. So maybe maybe you can shed a little bit of light on. I guess I'm the married guy, so I should be the one talking about the positive. Yeah, yeah. I, before before you you share some some positive uh, things that have worked for your marriage, you know, and, and congratulations going on 14 years yeah. through beautiful kids and a wonderful wife. I I, I do I do want to say as I I tell my students, uh, this will be my last uh, thing that I think I I will, you know, kind of send off with is 
think more than twice before you get married. Um, think more than twice before you get married. Really discern it. Really pray about it. Do never, don't ever rush into a marriage, regardless of whether you find out your girlfriend's pregnant or you're, you know, uh, don't ever rush into a sacramental marriage. Think more than twice. And, and if you are going to be married to somebody, realize it's forever. Um, and this is your vocation, uh, to be a, a good husband, to be a good father. That is ultimately the greatest way to leave a good legacy in this world. Otherwise, you're just going to perpetuate uh, this, this, this whole thing of, of, of bad fathers, not only in America, but in the world, and of terrible husbands, um, right? Uh, change that, break the curse in your family tree, and be the one that is a good husband, and a good father. And I think that's that's basically the tie-in to what I was going to say. I mean, I don't feel like I'm anyone to be giving advice on marriage and how to stay married. Looking around, you know, just based on the limited, limited amount of people that we know and, like, how many divorces are within those people, I, I don't know, man. I feel like those people were more qualified than me to get married uh, on paper, you know, and just on whatever you know whatever basis so i don't know who the heck i am to first of all still be married and second of all to give advice on it but if i have any advice to give would be that remember what love is you know love is to will the good for the of the beloved simple as that you know and to give ourselves like and to love our brides as christ loved the church it's it's so so common for people to quote that but it's so uncommon for people to actually live it. So hopefully, hopefully if I've, if I've done something right, it's love perfectly or imperfectly. I'm human, so it's more, than, more often than not imperfectly. And, and I would say also just from the outside perspective uh, uh, that I would say that you've put God first in your family. And I would also say by putting God in the center of your relationship, I would say also prayer. Uh, many times, you know, you, you, you actually remember you, you had that, that rosary that you did uh, that I think you started a podcast on the rosary or you oh, recorded we, yourself. Oh, we went, we went live. Yeah, yeah that's right. You guys times. prayed the rosary together as a family, even with your extended family sometimes. And yeah. I think that all that uh, putting God first in your family has really helped you uh, stay together and grow together. Um, I, that's just from the outside. I'm sure there's a lot of other things that you have done and that your wife has done uh, that has contributed to the success of your marriage. But, but at least for me, from the outside, uh, what I've seen, that, that definitely think that, that's been a fruit of that. I guess so. That's been key, you know, and there was a, it was a priest, and I'm blanking out on his name, you know, a very famous priest, the family that prays together stays together. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe I've been taking that for granted, you know, maybe I take it for granted that when anyone comes and visits or when we go out to eat at a restaurant, like we have a, a routine of prayer. Like we already know what we're gonna say at, at before we eat a meal, you know, and and we we do we get, we get busy, you know, we get busy and we may not have time for a daily rosary as a family, but we do make some time to pray. So uh, on that note, pray for us as we'll pray for you. Ferrum, ferro, aquitur.
this is Adrian. Thank you so much for listening and for being so patient with us the last few weeks. Uh, it's been kind of crazy, but hey, an update on the baby situation. Ramon is now not that he wasn't before since the moment since the moment of conception he's been a father but right now it got super real and her baby his baby's name is camilla and she is gorgeous she's got the chubby cheeks and the chubby hands and oh my gosh i can't wait to meet her we haven't been able to meet her yet but hopefully soon and hopefully soon we can also get a new episode out with ramon um kind of discussing and sharing uh, his new experiences as a brand new father all right, so that's going to be it for us today. Once again, thank you for your patience, especially with this series called Bite Sized, where every episode has been longer than any other episode in our regular series. All right, take care. God bless.